Good afternoon. Welcome to the biggest show we've had all year. It seems like I start every show that way, but this time it's true. And nothing can keep Cole and Mickey from showing up today. And Mickey's even sick, but she's still here. It's- means that much to me. Absolutely. Like a trooper. This is basically screen cleaning's equivalent to or of the Academy Awards. It is the, the Screeny Awards. Oh, I thought it was the Cleany Awards. I thought we we're going with the Oh. Thank you. <laughs> or Cleany. We're going with Cleany. Screeny Cleany, Squeaky <laughs> Cleany Cleanies. <laughs> the Squeegee Awards. Right. No, this is the Cleany Awards. And we are so excited to hand out awards to some very deserving films, many of which were not even nominated for an Academy Award, which is a crime, which we'll talk about later. That's why we have our own awards. Absolutely. You know, and we'll talk about the fact that there's no host, and so maybe we've got our own host for the Academy Awards. That's just a tease of things to come each and every week on Screen Cleaning, and today is no exception. We like to put a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment, and we start doing that by giving you the very best in entertainment news. And there has been some really good news this last week. Well, let's start with the sad news for a lot of people. Cole, I don't know if you're in this category, and I think you can perhaps shed some light on this and give us some hope, maybe. Not so much news, just the inevitable coming. Right. So it's just been announced that the last of the Marvel series on Netflix to get the axe are The Punisher and Jessica Jones. The others have already been canceled. Iron Fist, Luke Cage, The Defenders, and Daredevil, all gone. You got them all. Good job. Are we thinking that they'll be back on Disney Plus, or are they just gone forever? Yeah, how does that work, possibly Hulu. So the only reason these two weren't canceled with all the others is because they still had ongoing seasons that needed to complete. It would be kind of tacky for them to cancel before the last season even aired. But now that they've all completed their final season that was produced, the Disney Marvel properties are exodusing. (laughs) Good word. I think that is a real word, actually. Okay, so maybe there's still hope. Could end up on the Disney-owned Hulu? Yes. Okay. Probably more so than Disney Plus, because Disney Plus is trying to be their family-friendly push. True. These are all a little harder of a Marvel property than their movies or their animated Disney things. Do you think this makes the DC streaming service happy? Sure, just because there's a little (laughs) gap where there's no Marvel TV. If you need your comic book fix, go get a free trial of DC Universe. So this one I thought was interesting. Chris Hemsworth is in so many movies these days, and he's rebooting all sorts of franchises like Men in Black. And now he's going to be portraying Hulk Hogan in a biopic about Hulk Hogan in his early WWE days. And what's interesting about this is I remember taking traffic school, you know, to get my uh, license. From Hulk Hogan? No, 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 no. However, however, they put on a video clip of Hulk Hogan talking about the importance of traffic safety. I'm Hulk Hogan, and I yield to nobody. And when I'm wrestling in the ring, I yield to nobody. But when I'm on the road, I always yield to an emergency vehicle with its lights flashing and siren going. It's probably on its way to pick up the last dude who thought he could beat me in the ring. 
and take it from me. When I'm on the road, I never insist on the right-of-way. I can handle a 300-pound wrestler, but I'm no match for a 3,000-pound car, and neither are you. I remember wow. that so well. Um, however, I remember, I seem to remember in the video him wearing like one of those uh, wife beater shirts that are like super flimsy. Tearaway that he, tanks. Yeah, right. the tearaway. That's what they are. Right. Um, unfortunately, I looked up the video and that was not the case. Oh. My memory did not serve me well. Maybe that's just how I like to remember Hulk I just Hogan. assume him getting out of the shower, pushing back that long blonde hair, taking care of the Fu Manchu, sure. and throwing on a tearaway tank I, every I, day. I either remember him from this video, Santa with muscles, or um, when he was in Rocky Three and he fought Rocky in an exhibition fight, and he, his character's name was Thunderlips, and he came on and he had this big cape on, and he said, Thunderlips in the flesh, baby. Yes. Wow. And it was a really entertaining scene. I anyway, can't wait for Chris Hemsworth to uh, give it a go. Yeah, he's going to do great. Now, if he can scrub that Aussie accent. He probably can. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if I've ever seen him, but I believe it. <laughs> so I am not a huge fan of the Secret Life of Pets movie. They've had some kind of interesting trailers for the second part where you get little snippets of all the Secret lives of the different pets. The different characters. And they have a new character that's voiced by Harrison Ford? What? And here's just a little taste of the main character, Max, and Harrison Ford's character. And they have a little interaction here. He he got the jump on me. (laughs) I guess he... I couldn't see him because of the cone. Then get rid of the cone. Man, I would. I would, but my therapist says I need it. It's a medical device. These doctors... Ah! Here. You're cured. Hallelujah. Okay, that's Harrison Ford. is the only trailer of Secret Life of Pets 2 that made me laugh out loud. He sounds like a dog. And his... His really dry sense of humor, I think, is going to serve this movie well. What do you guys think? I didn't like the first one either, but just based on that, I might go see the <laughs> second one. And that's Patton Oswalt, who's taken over for Louis C.K. Patton Oswalt is also extremely funny. Um, There's one more piece of sports slash movie news, and you know I always like that. We have finally got a shooting schedule for Space Jam 2. <gasps> After all of these years of knowing that LeBron James was signed on, and then maybe he wasn't, and then the WB tweeting out a thing that says, LeBron James will be in Space Jam 2, and then maybe we weren't sure, we finally know that this summer, LeBron James will be shooting Space Jam 2 officially. Wow. With Bill Murray? We know One can that hope. LeBron James will be in One Space can Jam hope. 2. All right. Well, speaking of kids' movies, Cole, I believe you have a review for us for a film that's coming out this weekend. DreamWorks's new uh, Kids Fair, DreamWorks Animation has been doing some pretty good job, and their How to Train Your Dragons series is finally coming to an end, maybe. The trilogy is hmm. at least complete. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World is coming out, and it is pretty good. Jay Baruchel comes back as Hiccup, um, and then... Do not ask me to remember any of the other random Viking <laughs> names that are in this movie. I have actually not seen either of the first two Hiccup, How to Train Your Dragons. Belch. And the dragon is toothless. I do remember that. He toothless, does look toothless. Yes. For Gums. A bit. Yeah. There's the two twins that are 
pretty annoying. The, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to jump into this series at this point because people do love it and it was a good kids movie, but I can't say that it was a great movie movie. The villain was really lame. The best parts of this, and you can probably gather from the trailers as well, is the relationship between Toothless, the Night Fury dragon, yeah. and the brand new Light or Bright Fury dragon, the so toothless is black and this one is white. The and night they're really fury? cute together. Hmm. It's a better uh, the romance that they're able to do. DreamWorks the way they animate these two cute little dragons nuzzling up or doing their cute mating dances or whatever they're doing. That's definitely the highlight of the movie. Anytime any character is talking or Vikings are making jokes, not so much. But the two dragons <laughs> are really great. All right, so. Interesting. So it what, could you still consider it a kid's movie? Because I recently showed part two to my kids, and had I known about a particular uh, dark plot point, I probably would not have shown it to my kids. There's no death. There's no heavy themes. I, I would say it's very much a kid's movie. Okay. I, and sitting there as an adult, it felt, even if it... Even if it might not be appropriate for, like, every kid. I don't know your kids or anyone's kids. But it felt like a kid's movie as an adult sitting there rolling my eyes at kid jokes. Hmm. I can say that. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's a – I mean, as far as kids' movies go, you could do a lot worse, right? Sure. And uh, from what I've heard, Secret Life of Pets too. How to Train Your Dragons. Pretty okay. A pretty solid trilogy, it sounds like. When we come back, we are going to present to you – the we're not calling it the Screeny Awards. We're calling it the Cleany Awards. Plus, we're going to give you a taste of what the host monologue would have sounded like had there been a host assigned this year at the Academy Awards. That's up next. Welcome to the first ever Cleany Awards here on Screen Cleaning. We are so excited to celebrate a great year in film by highlighting films that didn't get nominated for Oscars or won't win Oscars, movies that we want you to know about. At least not for these categories, they won't. (laughs) That's right. But before we get to that, we want to give you our version of what the host monologue at the Academy Awards would have sounded like if they had hired a host, which, as we know, they did not. And if that particular host was Jeffrey Liam Simpson. Yes. So let's hear some applause for our host on the Academy Awards. Wow. They're not sure if they want (laughs) to applaud. They're a quiet uh, audience. (laughs) Well, welcome to the Academy Awards. This is the 2019 Academy Awards This is a very diverse group of nominees this year. However, no matter how inclusive you try to be, there are there's always going to be the haters who focus solely on the snubs. And there were plenty of snubs this year. In fact, I bet if Beale Street could talk, it'd say, dude, what the heck? I thought there could be up to 10 nominees for Best Picture. You only chose eight. Uh Wow, there's only one one person in the there we go. And and what about A Quiet Place? Now, okay, I guess it did get a nomination for its sound editing, but uh, A Quiet Place was such a good movie. 
And it also describes the Blunt Krasinski household the morning of the Oscar nominations. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Sad day. Sad day. But you know who wasn't snubbed? Richard E. Grant for his wonderful performance in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah, just solid. Can You, Can you Ever Forgive Me? It was another great movie. And uh, I believe it was also the question the Academy asked the makers of Won't You Be My Neighbor? You know, because uh wasn't nominated. Oh, yeah, I know. Huge oversight. Huge. Uh, and, and, you know, it was also the question that uh, Melissa McCarthy asked Americans after making the Happy Time Murders. Can you ever forgive me for making the Happy Time Murders? Yeah. It's all right. She's nominated tonight, too. You know, uh, also Willem Dafoe picked up his fourth nomination this year. And I know, very deserving. This was his first first time as a lead actor. When Willem's manager called to tell him he was nominated for portraying Vincent Van Gogh, Willem replied, What? Huh? You know, because Van Gogh cut off his ear, so he couldn't hear. Hmm. Fortunately, he can't hear these jokes either. All these rich people, all this clean, huge auditorium, and we still can't get rid of the crickets, it seems. Uh, Mahershala Ali picked up his second nomination... Nominated for Green Book. Yeah, he was nominated for being the only person involved with Green Book that didn't put his foot in his mouth. Ooh. And he could win. He could win. Second win. Adam Driver, he received his first Oscar nomination. He was in uh, Black Klansman, if you saw it. Uh, He was nominated mainly because he didn't take off his shirt in this movie. That got something out of Mickey, I can tell. Because <laughs> of Star Wars, Star people. Wars. Right? Star Wars. Kylo Ren. The Last Jedi. We got it. It's funnier when you have to explain it, by the way. I'm pretty sure. I, I think agree. that's the rule of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Black Klansman is nominated, as is Black Panther. Black Panther could become the first superhero movie to win Best Picture. Could you imagine that? We've come such a long way. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse could take home the Oscar for Best Animated Feature. Also nominated for Best Animated Feature tonight is Isle of Dogs, which I believe was the name of a failed spinoff of I Love Lucy. I love dogs. I love dogs. I love dogs. I like dogs. I certainly like them more than cats, to be sure. And, of course, this was the year of the documentaries, even though they forgot to nominate Fred Rogers. That's criminal, by the way. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. It was the year of the documentaries. There's Free Solo. Cole, I know you're a big fan of Free Solo. You betcha. In Free Solo, a band of rebels formulate a plan to rescue a handsome rogue frozen in carbonite from the clutches of a giant slug. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. That's That's when they freed... Solo. That's the that's the uh, the plot of Free Solo. Mm-hmm. I know, of course. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's about Alex Honnold's efforts to become the first person to free climb El Capitan in Yosemite. Such an epic movie. I hope you got to see it on IMAX. I'm. It was such a big movie. I'm surprised it only made 19 million dollars. It seems like not very much money for such a big movie. And apparently, uh, thanks to Free Solo. 
National Geographic documentary films scrapped all plans for additional Yosemite rock formation climb movies. That was a uh, solo reference. Solo Disney universe Star Wars. Oh. Nothing. Okay. That's a, good one. a bit of a stretch. The Yosemite Cinematic Universe has been canceled. Yes. <laughs> that would have been I guess it. I should have said that. Speaking of documentaries, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has had a huge movie at the year or a huge year at the movies this year. Yeah. Yeah, she's here tonight. She of course was the subject of the biopic on the basis of sex as well as the documentary RBG, which is nominated tonight, could win for Best Documentary. What a brave woman. A brave woman, RBG. You know, I I doubt she ever gets scared, but I bet when she does, it's called getting the RBGBs. Oh, come on. That one had the biggest laugh of them all from Mickey. Well, we are so excited to uh, to bring you the Academy Awards tonight, even though there's no host. And that was your taste of what the host. Maybe it was a good thing there was no host for the Academy Awards. In true monologue fashion, it. <laughs> it went about five minutes too long. Had one or two good jokes and a lot of groaners. Okay, Nothing I w- political though, which I appreciate. Yes, yes, we're we're just focusing on the inclusivity. And the great year we've had in films, which is what we're going to be doing next with the first ever Cleany Awards. We are so excited to bring you these exciting awards. We have a number of exciting categories, and these are not your traditional categories like you might see at the Academy Awards, but that's okay. And I'm going to start out by giving out the first award. This award, the the first Cleany Award that we're handing out ever will go to the actor that had the best year. And a reminder, we're finally putting a bow on 2018 movies. That's here right. At the Screeny Cleany Awards in February of 2019. So these five actors, well, there are actually six of them, but we're combining two of them, had a fantastic year in 2018. You had Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, the power couple that had probably the best year of their careers. Mary Poppins was a, was a big hit for Emily Blunt, as was A Quiet Place, as well for as for, her, for both of them. John Krasinski co-wrote and directed that and acted in it. And he was the new Jack Ryan for the Amazon Prime series. Huge year. You had The Rock, who came out with multiple big hits, including Skyscraper and uh, that other video Rampage. game one. Rampage. The one I didn't see. Aww. And, you know, he kept hinting at a a bid for uh, a run for president as well. So who knows? Big year for anyone, I guess. (laughs) 2020 could be an even bigger year Mm -hmm. for The Rock. There was Lady Gaga, or some people just like to call her Gaga. She could win an Oscar for Best Actress. She is all but certain to win an Oscar for Best Original Song. And, you know, she's also a musician, so this has just been a fantastic year. Has she won any other awards for her song, Shallow? She did win the Golden Globe, I believe. Okay. So. Josh Brolin had a great year. He had a couple of superhero movies you may have heard about, Deadpool 2 and uh, in uh, Avengers Infinity War. And then, of course, as we already mentioned, RBG just had a fantastic year. A lot of great nominees. Right. movies about yourself. But in the end... Only one winner can go home with the Cleany, but in this case, 
It's actually two winners because it is the power couple of Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Well-deserved. And just to save time and to save space on the Kleene Award, we just wrote Blazinski. So that is their new couple name, Blazinski. Also to save time and to keep our show to one hour as opposed to the three that the Oscars is going to go for. I don't even have to play music to uh, play them off because we're not even going to show them. We're not yeah. going to let them give an acceptance They're speech. They're all edited out of this They couldn't. Broadcast. They couldn't be here. And the ones that were here, their speeches weren't very good. Yeah, so, so we just we cut just them. Yeah, we just edited it out. Yeah. Cole, what's next? Next, we have the best CGI talking animal from a live action movie. We're going to get real specific real fast. Great year for this, by the way. There were three um, where the whole movie, that was the specific premise. And then a couple other Dark Horse nominees here. There was Mary Poppins Returns. Yes. The Penguins. Made a comeback from the first film. They did. Peter Rabbit. Mm, James Corden in the only movie role he can take these days is a voiceover role. Br- voiceover British guy. Yeah. He's so busy, though. The Late Late he Show? He does have a lot or to do. Or The Late Show? Carpool yeah. Karaoke. Yeah. Christopher Robin is nominated. Yes. More specifically, Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore cute, and Piglet and cute Rabbit. Cute film. And cute film. Owl and Kanga and Little Roo. Okay. Then there is Paddington 2. Oh. <gasps> That's right. Cute. Yes. And then Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. Is that the official title? I'm almost certain there's some sort of CGI talking animal in this. Jeff nominated this one. We're sure that there's a CGI talking puppet. We're not so sure about an animal. There are some gummy bears that come to life. Anyway. But the winner, of course, is Paddington 2. Yes! I'm so excited. Finally. This is the only award I think Paddington 2 was really nominated for. But we'll give it to him. We will. Very deserving. Okay, Mickey, what's up next? All right, next up we have an award for an interesting trend in movies this year. Best movie about a dog. <gasps> is Must Love Dogs nominated this year? I'm afraid that is too old hmm. to be nominated. But okay. the nominees this year are Isle of Dogs. I love dogs or? I love dogs. Okay. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Show dogs. Mm-hmm. Dog days. Yes. Or alpha. The and story alpha. of the beginning of dogs. Of dogs. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think, wasn't a dog's journey? Oh, that was this year. That was. Just barely missed out on being eligible. On being not, maybe next year, a dog's journey. A dog's A dog's way purpose. Home. I a think dog's a, a whatever. Dog's, a dog's purpose too is also coming out this year. If if you're confused by how many dog movies there are and and how to keep track of all of them, we so are too. Are we. Yeah. All right, and you know we had to give the award to Isle of Dogs, maybe because yes. it's the only one any of us have seen. <laughs> but that, you know, needless to say, <laughs> it's. Pro- I'm guaranteeing you, it's the only one on that list that's worth seeing. Isle of Dogs, and then the Secret Life of Pets trailer, <laughs> I think, are the only dog-related right. things I actually. But watched. go watch, go watch Isle of Dogs. It's PG-13, probably the only PG-13 movie on here, but it is nominated for Best Animated Feature this year, and it's. Kind of unlike anything you've ever seen. Right. And now on their DVD case, they can put the little, the Cleanie yes. award winner. Great point. So Even if they miss out on that best animated you feature, watch <laughs> yeah. they're a Cleanie. Right. Right. Okay. So this next one's interesting because 
I've noticed there's a trend in actors that seem to only take on roles that portray them as the villain. And a couple of them, especially in this category, you will recognize. So we have uh, Jack Black, who was the villain in not only Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween, he voiced the character of Slappy the Doll, but he was also a villain of sorts in the film The Polka King, a Netflix movie. From early in the year. Sometimes those January releases get forgotten about, but not here at the Cleanies. Right, and it's based on a true story, so you should definitely check it out. You've got Walton Goggins, who was the villain in not only Tomb Raider and Ant-Man on the Wasp. He was the villain in both of those films. Um, if you don't remember who Walton Goggins is, he's the guy in Ant-Man and the Wasp that's kind of like running around with a briefcase for most of the movie. And if you don't remember Ant-Man and the Wasp, that's fine, too. <gasps> How dare you, sir? I like that movie. Patrick Wilson had a good villainous year because he was the villain in a film that I know Cole is crazy about, Aquaman. Of course. Ocean and, Master. And then... Oh, was he in The Nun? I, I can't no, pretend that I don't I'm... think he was the villain in that. Keep no. going. The uh, Nun was the, the villain commuter? of The Nun. Was it the that? Co- the Commuter. Okay. Thank you. Spoil alert. <laughs> Patrick Wilson was the villain in The Commuter. Benedict Cumberbatch was a villain in a couple of movies. His voice has lent to villainy in the past as the voice of Smaug in the Hobbit movies, but he had a pretty good 2018 too. Because he was not only the voice of the Grinch... A villain of sorts. Anti-hero, possibly. Right. But he was also the villain in the film Mowgli. So his voice was the villain, I guess. He's got that very deep, villainous, menacing voice. So very fitting. And then, of course, the guy that (laughs) is a villain in pretty much everything he does, Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, He, if you don't remember him, he was the villain in uh, uh, Rogue Player One. No. Uh, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. But what was the Rogue movie that he did? The Star Rogue One. Rogue One. He was the bad guy, which was not this year. But in this year, he did Ready Player One as well as Robin Hood. And the Cleany Award for Best Actor Playing Multiple Villains goes to Ben Mendelsohn, for his insistence on continuing this trend of only playing bad guys in movies. It's going quite well for him. He when you got going. your niche, just keep right. doing it. Right. Okay, Cole, what's next? We've got the best cast in the worst movie. Because <laughs> on screen cleaning, we focus on the best in all things. And so this is the best cast that just, well, you know, the, the, the movie the wrong the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was... The Commuter, featuring Liam Neeson as well as apparently Patrick Wilson, Patrick Wilson. Sam Neill, Vera Farmiga, um, and uh, what's Elizabeth McGovern from Downton Abbey. All right. Great cast. Hotel Transylvania 3, a voice cast for oh. you. All of the usual suspects in an Adam Sandler movie, plus Mel Brooks and Jim Gaffigan. And, of course, yeah, Adam Sandler being Dracula is always a great right. casting choice. Mm-hmm. Then there was Ocean's 8, a personal favorite of mine with an all-star <laughs> cast, Rihanna included. Probably the Aquafina. The and only non-animated film that James Corden was in this year. That could also be true. But, of course, Anne Hathaway and, and many, many others. A Wrinkle in Time. 
Mm. Had a fantastic cast in a maybe forgotten about Disney movie this year. Yeah, Chris Pine, Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, Mindy, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Wow. The All stars. Mrs. Who, Mrs. What's It, and Mrs. How's You Doing, or whatever those three, the three ladies from A Wrinkle in Time, all fantastic uh, casting choices. Okay. And finally, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the newest entry into the Harry Potter Wizarding World series. As with all the Harry Potter movies, a great British cast with Eddie Redmayne. And then Johnny Depp. Actually, there are quite and a John- few non-British people in that movie. Which is like, interesting. Several, like a handful. Well, there's a couple that are American you also have in the context Jude of the Law, movie. Zoe Kravitz. Johnny Depp. Ezra Miller. Um, was Johnny Depp was in this Johnny movie? Was Johnny Depp in it? <laughs> yes. I didn't notice. I was too focused on the magic. Oh. Was and that the- sarcasm there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Cole? I really did like the magic in that movie. So who wins this Cleany Award? The winner is... A tie. <gasps> You're kidding me. It's a, a tie? A Wrinkle in Time and Crimes, Crimes of Grindelwald both win the cleanie here on Screen Cleaning. Great both cast. Not so great movies. Very deserving, both of them. Wow. Okay, Mickey. So this next one's an interesting one. Yeah. So we unfortunately had to cut our in memoriam uh, section. For time. But we did. Uh, if we had done that, we would have. Honored Movie Pass, which unfortunately <laughs> kicked the bucket this year. Kind of, because they're kind of back with a new price structure, but I'm wondering well, if it's too late. They're dead to me. Oh, so. that's all that really matters, I, I guess. And they're still prosecuting Mission Impossible 6 for killing them in cold yeah. blood. Yes. And I miss them every day. Let me just say that. So here's <laughs> our next award goes to a movie that I would have seen had I still had Movie Pass, but since I don't have Movie Pass, I couldn't quite fork over the eleven dollars. <laughs> so yeah, AKA the movies that you did not want to pay to see. Right. Okay. But would have totally seen. Would sure. I definitely would have had free. I had Movie Pass. Yeah. All right. The nominees are The Meg, Skyscraper, Bumblebee. Aquaman, and Venom. And so the big question Hmm. is, did you ever end up coming around to any of these movies, or have you still seen none of them? I have still seen none of them. Wow. (sighs) Okay, so I think Cole and I are responsible for choosing the winner, because between the two of us, we have seen... All, all of, of yeah. these films. I've seen them all. In fact, the only one are. the only one I have not seen is Bumblebee, which is okay because Bumblebee's not the winner, Cole. Aquaman is. Oh, right. Which Cole. is also the one I'm probably the most likely to watch in the future. I don't believe Aquaman got any Oscar nominations, did it? I don't think so. No, because it was snubbed for visual effects. The visual Ooh. effects with all the hair swirling around in water is really fantastic. Mickey, right. you didn't see Aquaman, but billions of dollars of other people's money went towards it in the worldwide (laughs) Mm -hmm. box office. Okay, so I'm going to present the next Cleany Award, and it will go to the movie that I was ashamed that I liked. And the nominees are... So these are films that I probably should not have liked, but against my better judgment, I just did. (laughs) And as Mickey still tries to decide which of her movies she'll get around to, a couple of them crop up here on Jeff's list as right. well. Double nominees. Skyscraper, again nominated. Venom, again. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Aquaman and 
Tomb Raider. These are films that I know aren't the best <laughs> movies ever made, to say the least, and yet I still kind of enjoyed them. So much so that the winner of this one, I'm, I've strongly considered buying on 4K. Have I told you about this new thing called 4K? Yes. Yep. It's new to me because I just got a 4K TV and player. <laughs> I have yet to watch a 4K movie on this player. And he's really excited to get his first one. But maybe it'll be this one. The winner of this category is Venom. A movie where the acting is bad, but the special effects are pretty cool. The fight scenes are probably way longer than they need to be. Tom Hardy is really bad in this movie. However, for some reason... He's so bad that it's okay. For some reason, I liked this movie. Maybe I just like the character of Venom. Venom also won the award for best scene where Tom Hardy jumps into a lobster tank ad-lib on the scene of a movie. There's tough competition That's for that one that award. probably should have ended up it's on an, the cutting room floor. It's an all-timer. It's mm. more of a legacy award, I think. All right, Cole. Now you, as I understand, are going to announce the biggest screen – the biggest Cleany Award that we're giving out today. Yes, in honor of the Academy, this is the best Academy about face. Famously this year, the Academy has been making a lot of decisions and then deciding against them shortly thereafter. And so we give an award to the best of those wrong decisions and then made right, of course. (laughs) Of course, there was the time the Academy was not going to show four of the categories and then they decided to show them anyway. It's like 24 hours or something like that. Cinematography, uh, live action short, Mm -hmm. editing, and uh, uh, hair and makeup. Right. The best popular film was going to be a category, and then it wasn't. They were going to only have two of the songs performed, and then all five will be. (laughs) Kevin Hart was going to be the host, but then he wasn't, and then, of course, no one would host. And finally, Queen, the band, was definitely not going to perform, but of course they will, in honor of Bohemian Rhapsody. This is a tough one. A lot of really bad decisions and some very quick about faces on the uh, on the part of the Academy. So, I, Cole, I'm on pins and needles to know which one of these nominees is going to win the best Academy about face. And the winner is the choice to not have a best popular film category. Yes. Yay. Very That's deserving. What I wow. Yeah, that would have been a horrible, horrible decision. Now, are they really still kind of mulling over this, or was that to save face once they realized it was a horrible idea? Probably to save face. So watch the Oscars because this is the Oscars that you wanted, not what they wanted. Because half of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture would have been in the popular category. Which And in my constant defense of Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody being nominated for Best Picture, this is what was supposed to happen when the Oscars expanded their list. All of our nomination lists today had five nominees, as all of the Oscar categories used to, until they expanded Best Picture to have up to ten. And when they did that, it was in an effort to include some more of these popular or or other people's ideas of what the best film is, not just the same eight biopics every single year. <laughs> and they accomplished that this year by allowing the highest domestic grocer, Black Panther, to show up, and also Bohemian Rhapsody, a great worldwide box office showing there. Yes. 
Well, we have enjoyed giving you the Kleene Awards, and we're going to make one more mention of the Academy About Faces when we return, because we're going to give you a couple of other awards that had to be cut for time, so they were given out during the commercial break. That's coming up next here on Screen Cleaning as we continue the Kleene Awards. wonderful time handing out Cleany Awards today on Screen Cleaning, and we wanted to tell you about the two winners that were announced during the break, which is one of the original plans that the Academy of uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was going to employ. When you're trying to get a bunch of people to watch, some of the categories just don't make the cut. It backfired. And uh, so, Mickey, I believe you have an award that you gave out during the commercial break. I did. Um, So this award is for actress with the most memes about her this year. Mm. And let me just say, there were 99 people in the room that could have won this award, (laughs) but we can only give it to one. And that person is Lady Gaga. Very deserving. Thank you so much, Lady Gaga. Sorry we didn't have time for you. And then there was also the category of movie that Jeff talked about the most this year, which in a runaway goes to Mary Mary Poppins Poppins Returns. Returns. The only award they're going to get, sadly. Oh, so sad. Too bad. All right. Now let's shift over to some real predictions for the real Oscars. So I will. Let's talk about Best Picture. The nominees are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Now, what do you Mm. think will win? Based on what I've read, I think it's kind of between two films. Um, So I'm just going... But I'm going to go for the bold choice and say that the Academy is going to make history this year. By naming Roma, I think it would be the first foreign language film to win Best Picture. I think Life is Beautiful is a Best Picture. N- it was a Best Foreign Language not film. Oh, me. not right. Best Picture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. So this, I'm going to go with Roma. Roma would be the very first foreign language film right. to win, and that's what I'm going to go with as well. It's either okay. Roma or Green Book. That's what I, I think. think. Yeah. All right. For actor in a leading role, we have Christian Bale mm-hmm. for Vice, Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. A Star is Born, William Defoe at Eternity's Gate, Remy Malik, Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen, Green Book. Ooh, this one's going to be kind of tough. Uh, as much as I love Viggo Mortensen and Green Book, I kind of feel like, ooh, I, I feel like the Academy is going to award Christian Bale. Oh, for, really? For I portrayal. think it will be Rami Malek for sure. <gasps> you and think so? For I sure. I yes. agree. Wow. Yeah, okay. I Freddie think Mercury. Christian Bale should win, but hmm. Rami Malek will. Any for guy willing to alone. put on mm-hmm. a bunch of weight like Christian Bale was. Right. But that's nothing new for him. And he's an be. Oscar winner already. Right. So I do like when new people spread win. Spread out the love. You only really need one Oscar in your life. Okay. All right. Actor in a supporting role. We've got Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver, Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, the guy with the mustache, if you don't remember. <laughs> the guy the guy the that looks like he's yeah. 30 years older than Bradley Cooper, but like playing his brother. And he's like the manager or something. He does the, all the Ram voiceovers, too. 
Oh, interesting. All right. Ram. Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice. As much as I would love to see Richard E. Grant win this Oscar, even though I didn't see his film, Can You Ever Forgive Me? It was the first name that you said, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Absolutely. I think so, too. Which is no, no question about it. Richard E. Grant has had such a long career, and it would be great if he got this, but probably not going to happen. I agree. All right. Actress in a leading role. Can you ever forgive me for saying this wrong? Yalitza <laughs> Aparicio. That's right. For Roma. Yes. Glenn Close for The Wife. Olivia Coleman, The Favorite. Lady Gaga, A Star is Born. Or Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? I, just like Best Supporting Actor, I really don't think this is going to be close. And I think this is Glenn Close's award to lose. Never won. So this could also be like a a consolation award for her. But I do think she's going to win. Yeah, she's the favorite on all the... Has anyone seen The Wife? No, my dad told me it was good. <laughs> well, if Mickey's dad says so, yeah, right. I'm It must have been good. Us. That's what they're putting on the DVD of that one. Right. Mickey's, Mickey's dad, dad approves. said he liked it when he watched it on a plane. Okay. All right. <laughs> now we have actress in the... In a supporting role. Okay. Amy Adams for Vice. Mm. Marina Di Tav- Tavira, Roma. Regina King, if Bill Street could talk. Emma Stone, the favorite. Rachel Weiss, the favorite. From what I've heard, and I haven't really seen any of these movies, I, I think this is supposed to be Regina King's award to lose. Like, this is her year. Yeah. And for how much that movie was snubbed in other places, oh, yeah. I think this is right. They'll make up they for it in that. this department. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of am rooting for Amy Adams, but, but I, it's I'm, okay. I'm heard, I, I've heard it's well-deserved, so good for her. All right. Our last one we'll talk about directing. We have Spike Lee for Black Klansman, who mm. has never won before. Long time coming. I don't think he's I ever, ever been, been nominated. nominated either. Never been so nominated. So this might be his year. Uh, Powell Pawlikowski... <laughs> Mm-hmm. For, he's for from Poland. Cold, Cold, Cold War. War. Kelly Kapowski? What? Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another hard one. Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes. The favorite. Okay. Alfonso Cuaron, Roma, or Adam McKay, Vice. Two different mm. foreign language films nominated mm-hmm. for their directors. That's I think a historic year. I like I it. I think it's going to come down to uh, Alfonso Cuaron or... Spike Lee. I think so, too. And this could be, since uh, Roma is likely to get several other awards. Including I, Best Picture. I think Spike Lee could walk away with this Best Director Oscar. I think he Oscar. could, too. This is, this is one of those places where I hope that the Academy is just voting for each category in a vacuum. Because yeah. I don't want them to get up thinking, oh, Roma will win Best Foreign Film. Roma will win Best Picture. Roma will win Best Director. And then it might not win any of those. Like, <laughs> I would rather it win all of them than miss out on any of them. But who do you think is going to win? I think it'll be Alfonso Cuaron. Ooh. I, oh, I'm torn. It's either Spike Lee or Alfonso. Okay. Well, and, you, you have to choose, and you've already chosen Spike Lee. So. All right. I pick Spike Lee. And before we leave this, I would encourage everyone that is going to make Oscar predictions the night of in your parties or what have you to visit Ben Zausmer's Twitter account. It's also just at Ben Oscar Math, 
where he does the math in all the other awards shows circuits and predicts what the big award category winners will Interesting. be. Last year, of the categories that had enough data to predict, he was 20 out of 21. That's so crazy. So basically, as Mickey and I were racking our own brains to try to figure out who would win, Cole was just sitting over there on his phone cheating. Right. Yes. Wow. Because what's important is that I'm right. Sheesh. Anyways, speaking of predictions, we also have some uh, some more ceremonial predictions. What we think will happen during the ceremony. Mm. Uh, number one, we think there will be there will definitely be some jokes about all the Academy 180s. How could there not be? They just won't be given by a host, right? Yeah. Just by the presenters. <laughs> uh, number two, someone will be fired. For all of the 180s, this that is a bold done. Jeff yeah. prediction, there. and I, I really think somebody's going to lose their job over this. It's kind of embarrassing, especially when it inevitably does go over three hours and the ratings do go down anyway. Right. Oh, th- and- I want to want to add that other prediction. I believe this will be probably the, like the lowest ratings ever for the Oscars. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just can't win. It'll backfire on them. We also think the band will play off. Everybody in their <laughs> attempts to keep it short. Especially all these poor foreign language nominees, if any of them win, those right. are the ones that and always, always get the short And it takes everyone shift. like 15 minutes to walk up and like give everyone they love a hug, you know. And they're going to have jokes about keeping the show short, as they usually right. do. So that will probably happen, mark our words. Uh, number four, Lady Gaga will act shocked when she wins best song, even though <laughs> everyone knows she's going to win. And she'll hug uh, Bradley Cooper. If you want uh, to believe me, watch her Golden Globes acceptance. She did the exact same thing, and I know okay. she'll do the Oscars. I think this last one is the boldest of them all, Mickey. Right. And this was your This prediction. is mine, and let me just say that even though I think it will happen, I hope it doesn't. Uh, Amy Adams will quit acting after losing for six times, almost <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Amy, if you're listening, never give up. Someday... You're going to win an Oscar. The Oscar we love will you. come, yeah. just even, not this year. Even <laughs> if it's the consolation prize, which most people don't even have to be nominated six times before they're given the consolation prize. Maybe at next year's Cleanies, we'll give the award for best actress ever to have been nominated <laughs> six, six times, times, but snubbed right. six times. You know, if they want to save time, I just want to put in a plug for one of the funnier bits I've seen on the Oscars about saving time. I believe it was the first time that Jimmy Kimmel hosted where he, they were giving out a jet ski Just to the person year? with the shortest acceptance speech. And I think it was like 30 seconds long. Yeah. And then they showed the guy that, that won that on the jet ski, and he had this big smile on his right. face, Oscar in one hand, and the ha- the other hand jet holding ski. on to the and jet ski. And it was like a, like a shorts director or something like that. Or yeah. Like a, Appropriate. Good yeah, for Like him. a sound mixer or something. <laughs> Well, we've certainly had fun giving out all these awards and making all these wacky and bold predictions, some of which will probably come true. And when we return, we want to give some hope for the people that don't win Oscars and highlight the fact that, you know, winning an Oscar is not everything. That's up next on Screen Cleaning. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. We've been talking a lot about the Oscars today, and for a lot of people, the Oscar is everything. 
But we just want to remind you that that's just not true. There are plenty of people who have, first of all, won Oscars, and it hasn't done great things for their careers. F. Murray Abraham comes to mind. He's somebody that, you know, he's starting to see, a, we're seeing a resurgence in his career, but He was in while, How to Train Your Dragon 3. And he was in Isle of Dogs, but he just had a real dry spell for a while where he was doing TV movies about, like, mutated squids or something like that. But here's a quote from him. The Oscar is the single most important event of my career. I have dined with kings, shared equal billing with my idols, lectured at Harvard and Columbia. If this is a jinx... I'll take two. F. Murray Abraham is like the classic example of the Oscar jinx. So that's why he was quoted as saying that. Marsha Gay Harden, who has not done amazing things with her career since winning an Oscar way back in the early 2000s. The Oscar is disastrous on a professional level, she said in 2003. Suddenly the parts you're offered become smaller and the money less. There's no logic to it. That's sad. It is sad. Yeah. Adrian Brody, can you name anything that he's really done lately other than a Wes Anderson movie occasionally? I was just going to say a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. And we're talking since his Oscar award right. performance. He won for The Pianist. Mm-hmm. Gina Davis won an Oscar back in the 80s and, you know. Yeah. She's done a she couple things here good, and there. She has some charitable organizations that she works with. True. Halle Berry was the first African-American to win Best Actress, but hasn't really done anything Oscar-worthy since then. I mean, that might be more a function of her portrayal of Storm in X-Men than necessarily. Maybe. Interesting. And thankfully, Cuba Gooding Jr. is another actor that is kind of experiencing a resurgence in his career. However, he had a real dry spell as well. Um he was in uh, People vs. O.J., and he's popping up here and there. I think he's going to do Horror Story and all that other stuff. Basically anything by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> um, Mira Sorvino, Roberto Benini. So I don't know. Maybe there are some drawbacks of, of basically being recognized for your work. Just like in an office setting, you know, there might be people in your office that might resent you if you get promoted and they don't. So who knows? Maybe maybe there's higher expectations that you just can't meet. It's also possible for some of these lesser known actors and actresses that this was the one opportunity. You know, some of the ones that you mentioned, they had illustrious careers before the Oscar. But some of these, it was the one peak in their career. And it's the one thing that they can look back on with fondness and say, I did that. Right. And that's showbiz. Okay, so let's talk about some other... Oscar winners. We're going to we're going to stick to best picture winners now that won the Oscar and this is the big award, right? This is supposed to be the biggest award of the night. This is the award that all films uh, they they strive to win this award other and, than a cleaning. And they're crushed, thank you Cole. They're crushed when it doesn't happen. But there are plenty of films that did not win Best Picture that are considered some of the best films ever made or are certainly better than the ones that did ultimately win that year. So we think of 1942 and How Green Was My Valley. Have you guys ever seen or heard of How Green Was My Valley? No, sir. Okay. I have. You have you've seen I have old it? parents. Yeah. Okay. I've How seen a green lot of old was the movies. valley? How like, green really was it, Really green, Cole? a little green, It seems to be this yellow. movie was black and white. <laughs> So we have no way of knowing. Great. So the grass is certainly greener on the side of the film that did not win, but is considered the greatest film ever made, which is Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane did not win, but 
People remember that over How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. 1953, the winner was The Greatest Show on Earth. But it beat out a little film, which I think is uh, considered one of the greatest Western movies ever made, High Noon. Mm. I've never seen The Greatest Show on Earth. I have certainly seen High Noon, as has anybody who's in a film program. I've also seen The Greatest Showman, which is... Which I try to forget that I've seen. Oh, come, come. (laughs) Come, come now. I like saying that. That's my new favorite (laughs) phrase. 1981. Ordinary People won Best Picture. I've actually seen this, and I really do like it. But for a lot of people, it was criminal that Raging Bull did not win the Oscar, especially considering that is considered one of the greatest films ever made. And then extending that, anything Scorsese did until he got his consolation win for The Departed could right. count as a mm-hmm. like in ni- Like in 1991, when Goodfellas lost out to Dances with Wolves. I think mm. people consider Goodfellas the better film of those two. 1999, Shakespeare in Love won in a surprise upset over Saving Private Ryan. What? Yeah, that's what? pretty memorable. I saw Shakespeare in Love. It was a cute, charming film, but better than Shakespeare, or, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Mm, mm. Come on. So, uh, And then, of course, the most recent example of La La Land winning Best Picture and then actually not winning Best Picture, losing out to Moonlight. Moonlight, I believe, one of the lowest grossing Best Picture winners ever. So Moonlight was. The one before that was when The Hurt Locker was the lowest grossing Best Picture winner, beating out James Cameron's Avatar, which was the highest grossing ever Best Picture nominee. So David and Goliath. I like that kind of stuff because, sure, everyone will remember Avatar because everyone saw it. This is where the Academy can, you know, bolster up some uh, lesser known things. Moonlight was good. It was good. I don't think I personally like La La Land better, but I Moonlight isn't a waste. I know? like that people get to remember Moonlight now because it's an Oscar winner, mm-hmm. whereas everyone would of course remember La La But I, I do think La La Land will be re- remembered in the long run. I agree with that as well. So, one more example here. This isn't Oscar related, but two names. You tell me which one you've heard of. Lisa Kudrow and Julia Sweeney. Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. Can anybody tell me who Julia Sweeney is? No. Google can. (laughs) I can tell you. So um, imagine these two actresses auditioning for Saturday Night Live. Who do you think booked the gig on Saturday Night Live? Lisa Kudrow or Julia Sweeney? I mean... Because you're asking, I would say it's the latter. Julia Sweeney, (laughs) who is most uh, famous for her portrayal of a, is it a man, is it a woman character, Pat. Mm. <laughs> kind of rubs him or herself. A lot I of moaning like I that. Know, and I the know whole her. the whole gag of the sketch is, is Pat a man or is Pat a woman? But we don't want to like come out and ask her or him, <laughs> you know. So Julia Sweeney beat out Lisa Kudrow for Friends. I think Lisa Kudrow's doing just fine. Mm-hmm. You guys haven't even heard of Julia Sweeney. No. So that's a pretty good indicator. In closing, we like to round out every show by panning for good. There's good in them dire hills. <laughs> Continuing on with this theme of, you know, just because you weren't 
a winner of an Oscar, it's not the worst thing in the world. And in this case, even if you weren't nominated for an Oscar, it's okay. And this is probably the first R-rated film I'm going to include in our Panning for Good segment. And it's one that Cole holds very dear to his heart. I had I didn't see it until this year, but it's currently my favorite film that I have seen this year, even though it came out last year. Cole, what would you like to say? And I know I'm putting you a little bit on the spot. What would you like to say about a little film called Eighth Grade? I'd like to say that Bo Burnham just recently won the Writers Guild Award. That's um, that's the top prize good. of that ceremony. And among all the other nominees, he stood up there, the comedian that he is, and said, have fun at the Oscar, losers, because um, <laughs> he won for writing. I love um, Bo Burnham. And, and didn't get nominated Pretty much everybody else in, that was nominated is going to the Oscars, right? Except for him. But it is a I'm sure beautiful, he's beautiful going, film. at least. It, I'd, maybe. I okay. But it is, it's fantastic, and it really does truly capture... This new generation that's coming up. And and I think that everyone could benefit from at least watching it and seeing what it's all about because it can help bridge the generational divide that sometimes occurs. It's easy to be an old person and look down and shake your finger and say these kids these days, they don't know what they're doing. They're so different Mm -hmm. from we were. Mm -hmm. But they have struggles that while they're different struggles, they are still valid and, and really important for us to all understand a little bit more about. And for Bo Burnham as such a young and a first-time director to bring all this to light, I think was fantastic. Keep in mind, the film is a little scary, especially if you have daughters like I do. And it's oh, – there are a couple of scenes in the film that are going to make you uneasy. However, I do feel like this is a very important film that – should be shown for educational reasons because parents need to know that they have to have these conversations with their kids. They need to know who their kids' friends are. They need to know how they're spending time on social media so that they can protect them. And there is a very sweet dad in this film who the girl just completely does not acknowledge. She totally disregards him. But If you have an opportunity to see it edited, even better. But if not, it should be seen for educational purposes, eighth grade. That's going to do it for this episode of Screen Cleaning. We hope you enjoyed the Cleanie Awards. Join us next year when we present the next round of Cleanie Awards. And we'll be back next week, of course. Until then, 